It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's 1999 podcast like it's 1999 podcast like it you on the podcast like it's 1999 podcast like it you on the podcast like it's 1999 let's talk about joker do you have the, you have it in you here's the here's the 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 prediction on the record because this is going to come out prediction our prediction no don't pull me into this I'm, well, you're going to make your own prediction our predictions it's not a prediction. I don't make predictions. I just, <laughs> I just, I just oh point to possibilities. And okay. Th- and there is a possibility yeah. that Joker yeah. joins Titanic, the social network, A Star is Born, and People versus OJ as movies that were pre-ridiculed. And once they come out, people see a certain level of brilliance, transcendence in them. Um, I thought the trailer can I just showed, point out the glaring difference between this film and all of the things that you've in one second? Out? I thought the trailer showed uh, the possibility of brilliance and transcendence. God, the difference between all the things that that you've spoken of is that um, I mean, I guess with the exception of Titanic, since there were some Titanic films previous, uh, is that this film lives in the shadow of previous incarnations of the Joker and Batman, and it exists in a world uh, or of an IP that. Um, can never make this film its own animal, really. Star was born was the fourth Star was born. Yeah, okay. um, I mean, Social Network and was a book, OJ. And it was also based on a, it, it, it was a book. And I'll was, give you a Star was born. And, and I obviously prefaced fa- it by saying Titanic. It was and, also from Facebook, which is something that everybody used every day. Like the, the reason I think Social Network was kind of pre-shit on was because everyone looks at Facebook and says, there's no story here. It's, but that's not my point on this specific thing. Like, I think that this is, I think it's very hard. First of all, 
I just just to be very clear, because we we texted a little bit last night about like why this film might quote unquote be problematic, which is unfair to base on a trailer, which I agree with you on. Um, whether this film turns out to be uh, quote unquote irresponsible is yet to be determined, and but it's possible. So that's yeah. that's why I'm not making a prediction. No, I, I I'm saying that, that possible. There's I understand. There's, that. A, there's a good chance. That we look at this film, and frankly, I thought fucking Dark Knight was a little irresponsible. So, like, there's a good chance that we look at this movie, mm-hmm. and, and in two, three months, we go, "Well, that's really fucked up and scary." Like that, I don't know that that's going to happen. I, I don't just think it's going. I don't think it's going to happen because I, I, I don't really believe that Warner Brothers, despite the fact that they clearly don't seem to care that much about this IP, since they're willing to just keep going back to the well on it, I don't think that they want to tarnish it by putting something socially irresponsible out into the world. I think the film is going to be a quote-unquote dark comedy. I think it's going to be the king of comedy again, basically. You like the king of comedy? Sure. Okay. And I, I, I appreciate and love Martin Scorsese's sense of humor and what he does with comedy, I think, is is dangerous and awesome and i love it i don't think that those are things that i attribute to todd phillips um but he could surprise us it's certainly possible i think joaquin phoenix is a very talented actor i love um oh my god why can't i think of her name from atlanta uh the the actress yeah this is embarrassing um and she's incredible uh i love her to death um and it looks like it's got a lot of money in it so like the movie's not going to be a fucking disaster but i also don't think that this movie is going to is going to be anything all that special either. I think that it's going to be fine, maybe slightly above fine. Um, and, you know, Joaquin Phoenix, I'm sure will put in a very interesting performance. Um, it certainly is probably the first performance that will give Heath Ledger a run for his money in terms of being able to really kind of put his own spin on this character. But watching the trailer, all I thought to myself was, this doesn't need to be a Joker movie. Why is this a Joker movie? Like, it could just be a guy who was a clown, who was a stand-up comic, and, you know, his deteriorating mental health. Like, I don't – there's nothing about it other than the fact that people won't go and see it unless it's called Joker. It's more interesting if it's a Joker movie. And and it's the reason I said to you last night. The canonization of this character necessitates that he ends this as a villain. And because – Maybe. Depends on what their take is. Well – <laughs> Don't get me wrong. You can always inglorious bastards one, t- you know, mm-hmm. once upon a time in Hollywood and turn them into whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And there's an iteration of the DC universe, the, the Earth Two, where Lex Luthor's the biggest hero. So you never know, and that's real. Sure. Yeah. So you yeah. never know what's going to happen. So I'll buy that. But this, in, I'm pretty certain that the canonization of this character is this character turns into you know the greatest villain in Gotham. So because of that, you can't – the expectation can't be that he's going to walk away from this as some kind of lionized hero. I think if you read this as a lionization of this character or a deification of this character, you'll be misreading the movie, which is why I kept saying to you last night is Fight Club irresponsible because Fight Club does get misread by a lot of people, but it still has redeeming social value. Goodfellas is redeeming social value. Yeah, I just think we're, 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 we're really talking about, <clears throat> with all due respect, I do think that we're talking about filmmakers that are at a much, much higher level. I, I don't think that. Maybe. I, I, I you know, I War Dogs he- is like a questionable movie to a certain degree. I think that, that there is a, a bro factor to Todd Phillips that 
makes him a less interesting filmmaker to me. Um, and I don't love, and this is kind of my biggest beef with this movie is I don't kind of love that Todd Phillips, who's made a lot of money for Warner brothers, um, is able to go to them and be like, Hey, so I'm going to do King of comedy, but with the Joker, because, you know, Scorsese's awesome. And I want to sort of be spoken of in the conversation with filmmakers of that level. Ah, so I'm going to kind of reading too much into that. I, I Okay. You are. That's your. That. I mean, he's. he's that's definitely. Said as that's much basically no, an interview. That, that's definitely. Yeah. He, he said, "I want to be spoken in the same breath well, as Scorsese." He's, he's basically said, "I want this is my take on on King of Comedy, and I've got Martin Scorsese to produce it." Who then pulled out of producing the project? Like, there's just there's stuff in it that just feels a little bit like a guy who's who's. This is you know stepping outside his. This comfort is zone, not. Th- but but this is consistent. With the Joker mythology, this is not the joke. I mean, the, the the mythology of the Joker is the Joker was a failed stand-up comedian. So, like, it is an appropriate place to set this origin story. That all kind of makes sense to me. Now, I, the the question of Todd Phillips it's illogical. Just to be clear, no, I know, but but you understand that this is to me this is more of an issue of you're you're presenting as if the tail's wagging the dog. As if he's already looking at like, you know, in five years, I'm going to be Scorsese because I've made this movie that apes him. No pun. Um, but I, th- I think it's also plausible that he said, I've been intrigued by this Joker character mm-hmm. and this Scorsese movie, which by the way is almost 40 years old. This Scorsese movie that's almost 40 years old can be overlaid onto this in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. To tell this story. Now, I, the, the Todd Phillips of it is interesting to me too. The only comparison I can think of for modern times of a guy who had another, there are two actually, of guys who had other gears that you didn't expect mm-hmm. are Jay Roach, mm-hmm. who doesn't make super interesting movies to me, but he makes more interesting movies than Austin Powers. Sure. Um, and Adam McKay, who I'm kind of, you know, I like Vice a lot more than you did, but uh, I'm of the opinion that Adam McKay, I would trust him with almost any thing right now and see what he does. So I think it's possible that Todd Phillips has something that we've never seen before. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying it's possible. I don't mean to suggest that he's incapable of it. Like he might, he, you're absolutely right. Uh, I will see this movie. Um, I, I, I I'm not excited about it. Have there been filmmakers that you can think of mm-hmm. who you didn't think, quote unquote, had it that just kind of showed it out of nowhere? Um, I have no doubt that there are. Um, I'm just I'm not on it today, it feels like. But um, yeah, I, there are certainly filmmakers or, or movies that surprised me that I went into not expecting much from uh, and then was pleasantly surprised or came around on. I mean, I think A Star is Born is an example of that. Yeah, but you, but you um, never – you didn't, who knew what to expect from that guy? Like he never made a movie. Sure. Uh, I mean, like For me, like Catherine Bigelow kind of falls on that. But based on the Blank Check series, like I think I didn't really understand what she brought to the table. Yeah. I just I think that Todd, you're, you're absolutely right. Todd Phillips might have it in him. You're 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 right that there that there might be more to him uh, than we perceive. Um, I, I'm not excited about this movie. Um, I'm not excited about it for a bunch of reasons. I don't. I just don't love the way that DC has been handling 
uh, or Warner Brothers been handling their DC properties been lately. Awful. I, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm just like Shazam? I didn't, which I heard was 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 nice and fine and fun. It's nice and fine and fun yeah. and several steps below almost every Marvel movie. <laughs> I, you know, I'm ex- I'm actually excited for Birds of Prey. Um, I'm excited to see what Wonder Woman two is. Uh, I weirdly kind of came around on Aquaman. So like, I don't think that they're incapable of doing something interesting with their properties. They're just, they're, they're obviously with a lack of cohesion. They were trying to chase Marvel's cinematic universe. They failed in doing so. And now they've kind of splintered everything off into its own things, which is probably the better for it. It's more to me. I would Marvel's doing what they're doing. It's an impossible move what they're doing and they've done it. It's incredible. Yeah. I'd rather see this. I'd, I I'd rather see this like the, these kind of individualistic sort of things that can be their own animals. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. I want to see what Matt Reeves does with Batman. Uh, and, yes. and if it means that I have to have a Todd Phillips Joker movie, then so be it. It's just not something that excites me. So um, Even the best DC movies, and I guess the best DC movie is Wonder Woman. Um, or maybe – Yeah, or yes. Or maybe – yes, post-Nolan. Yeah. Um, or maybe Aquaman, if that's your flavor, which it happens to my flavor. I kind of like Watchmen. I love Watchmen. Doesn't, I wouldn't count that, but I think Watchmen's awesome. But, um, they don't come close to the worst Marvel movie. (laughs) They just don't like, Shazam is so close to Homecoming in tone and so far from it in quality. Yeah, I mean, there's. Listen, I, we've we've said it before. Uh, maybe not on this podcast, but we said it to each other. What what Feige was able to do is just is is unreal. Staggering. It is a staggering success, um, and it comes with with a cost, which is that there isn't necessarily the most individualistic vision allowed to exist within his sandbox. Um, Ant Man being obviously the most glaring example of that, but just in terms of Edgar Wright and all of that, but. Um, but what he was able Wait, to did Edgar Wright ultimately directed. I thought Peyton Reed ultimately yeah, directed. Yeah, Edgar Wright was fired, or right, right, quit, and all yeah, that because they couldn't see eye to eye on on the way that he he wanted to make a movie that was quite honestly far more in his own voice. Well, I mean, Rag- and, Ra- Ragnarok is really the one that is, well, I mean, is, Guardians is the first <clears throat> one, and then Guardians too, and then yeah. and then Ragnarok. It, it it has allowed he has in success has allowed more of an expanse. The net's gotten bigger in terms of what can exist within it. So yes, you get to have much more sort of visionaries that get to be a part of it, which is great. My, my point is more that, that uh, the juggling act and the launch of this whole thing is just, it's unlike anything. The that, Marvel. Yeah. And I, I'd also say like this, the whole thing doesn't work if the house style doesn't fucking rule yeah, yeah, yeah. and the house style fucking rules. Mm-hmm. There is no real house style with DC anymore, but yeah. that's good because the house style sucked. It right? just, the it's, Snyder, yeah. the Snyder house style sucked. Yeah. And now like you get this Patty Jenkins Wonder Woman. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the James Wan yeah. fucking Aquaman. It's just, it's just it's crazy. You, you don't get that anywhere else. And I really like this Joker idea. I like the idea to go real gritty, real ground level. Like I liked Jessica Jones season one. Yeah. Like I think that's a cool thing, but even that held back yeah. a little too much. So I, I will say this. I think that I understand where Warner Brothers uh, – they sat there and watched and saw what Marvel was doing and they thought to themselves, holy shit, I want that. And I understand that from their perspective – what what's required to get to the level of money for the sort of individual properties as opposed to what Marvel has done, which is basically if their name is on a movie, it's basically going to sail to a billion dollars. Uh, 
Warner Brothers is envious of that. It takes more work to get Aquaman to its level than, uh, you know, it t- t- to, to birth that franchise is just really hard. <laughs> uh, and now you've got a Wonder Woman for it. Like to have all these things sort of existing in their own lane with their own thing is just really tough and it requires more work. Marvel built the fucking sandbox. They built the thing and now it just, it just, I mean, like, despite the fact that yes, we're at the end of a phase and we're going into this new phase and we'll see what they do and they got to start from scratch and they put everything to bed with Endgame and all of that. And it will require some effort to get all of those new ancillary sort of, not ancillary, but uh, peripheral characters to start to be their own thing. But I don't know. I, I, I guess this is all just a long way of saying that I agree with you that, that I prefer Warner Brothers in this mode. I prefer Warner Brothers taking these swings and trying to let each thing be its own thing. I think it's better off for it. Uh, and they'll find ways to pull them together. Birds of Prey is an opportunity. Suicide Squad is an opportunity for them to be able to have sort of little kind of mini universes within this whole thing. I just wish that Joker was just more interesting to me. And maybe it's just the Todd Phillips of it all. Maybe it really comes down to the fact that I'm Seems struggling like with it. that. And maybe I'll be surprised. Well, that and but, I mean, I, you, know. you know, I do think, yes, the Todd Phillips seems like your hang up. And, you know, my hang up is I'm not going to go too hard too early on a movie that may espouse some things that I really don't like. Which it, so, which so is that's a little troublesome for yeah, me. But, uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I see pretty clearly what this movie can be. And I just can't imagine a major corporation co-signing 4chan the movie right now. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. Um, but I also think that, uh, it's definitely possible that there might not be overt feelings like that in it, but, um, it could kind of still exist. There could be a subtext going on in this movie that, that Warner Brothers is like, well, no, I mean, that's a way of interpreting it. But, you know. The subtext is what matters. And that's where – I mean, that's where this, this – that's where this argument is – the argument's already happening, right? Which is crazy. The argument is already happening of like what is the subtext of this trailer? Um, yeah. But that's what matters. And I I, I, actually, I, I, I quite – dread I kind of dread Twitter and take culture mm-hmm. on this one because I fear that I'm going to be I'm going to that 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 my my gut is going to be to defend this movie's right to exist I, I, no again, I, I feel like I didn't want to make it seem in our conversation yesterday as though I don't think this film should exist um, I'm not looking to, uh, restrict people's abilities to make movies. I just think that sometimes we don't always, we as an industry don't always think about how, um, you know, how persuasive our films can be, how, how much of an imprint they can make on people and how they can change people's perspectives on things for good and for bad. And I think that it's important that they exist, but I think that we just sometimes need to maybe, maybe be more cognizant of how um, dangerous that is sometimes. All right. I'm sure we'll 
bring this back on another podcast. Unless you want me to continue. I don't care. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I, I, I think. I mean, we, I know how you feel about censorship. I'm I feel not like, here no, like I feel things. like we reached our end game. Or our, I feel like we reached, like, kind of the, you know, the logical conclusion of this argument. My, yes, how I feel about censorship is essentially nothing should be censored. Um, that everything has a right to exist. Um, I guess there's consequences a, to that. Having a right to exist and me saying something should or shouldn't exist as a human can be mutually exclusive as well, right? So, like, Everything has a right to exist. Um, every piece of art has a right to exist. Should something exist? Should Boondock Saints exist? Um, should it? No, I don't really think so. I think it espouses some things artistically, um, more, you know, moralistically, mm-hmm. ethically that make me very uncomfortable. Sure. Um, I get that. And I don't think that that's a good kind of uh addition to the cultural conversation. I agree with that. I don't think Sean Hannity is a good addition to the cultural conversation. I, and, I, and I understand why def- he needs to exist. Oh, defend his right to exist. Yeah, sure. He's not, you know, he's not calling for, you know, genocide, but like, should he exist? I'm not thrilled that he exists. So like, these are two different things. So I think that at the end of the day, I could come and say, I'm, of course I defend Joker's right to exist as a movie. I don't think they should have made it. You know, like, I don't think that Warner Brothers should have put something like this out, but I think it's more likely that I'm going to say, not only do I think, it, not only do I defend its right to be a movie, I think it's saying something really interesting about the culture we live in right now. That's what it seems to me. Like, I think it, I think it seems to kind of get into the, the soul and the psyche of like cisgender white males and kind of explain, and I hope not excuse what's happening that kind of led to the fortunes, chans, and led to the gamer gates, and led to the rise of Trump, and led to white nationalism. Like I think you're giving this one a lot of credit. I think I'm. I think I see a line from this trailer to that argument. We'll I see what happens. I think there's. I think that. I think it's. Just to be clear, I think it's possible. I think that the the, the more likely scenario here is that, I think anyway, that there's, that. That, that Todd Phillips sees an opportunity to be able to sort of play in a, in a pool that he hasn't before of, of sort of overt, dark, dark comedy of sort of a, a social commentary of sorts. Uh, and, um, and that interests him and excited him. From what I've read about it, it felt like, um, is it Zazie? Is that her name? The, uh, the Zazie Beats. Yeah. Yeah. She did an interview recently where she said like there was basically no script and it was all very sort of like fly by the seat of your pants and it was all kind of very messy. So I'm curious to see what comes out of all of this, It whether or not this is actually saying something or if this is like his version of like a tone poem of like, you know, the seediness of New York and 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 all of that. I don't know. I So I, we'll see. I Maybe he – I assume he's smart enough. Like every, every filmmaker who makes these movies are – they're, they're really smart, right? They're all really smart. Even if they make dumb movies, they're really smart. Sure. I assume he's smart enough to know that he will never get to the echelon you think he's aspiring to be to, 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 to be a part of if he's not making an interesting central argument. So he can't just make a tone poem about CD New York. He can't just say, I'm making a dark comedy. There has to be something 
at its core. And I thought I saw that in the trailer is really all I'm trying to say. I thought I saw potential. And I want to make one more point. Um, I mean, it premieres at Venice in, in a matter of uh, two days. days. So we'll, we'll Nobody – See what they think. Um, these stories that I'm, that I'm hinting at mm-hmm. uh, that I think it might be telling, they need to be told. Like we need to we need to understand why this is happening instead of just saying men are scary or cisgender white men are scary or the internet is a corrupting influence. It, you can't just assume that a population of people are all kind of diseased from the start. Like you and I are cisgender white men and I don't think we're diseased from the start. So I, I like to think we're not diseased at all. We're not. Like that's my point. But some like some and I think most have been influenced in a certain way. I'm, I'm talking not most white men, but most of the like Gamergate's a perfect example. Most of these like Gamergate guys were not born this way. They were somehow um, indoctrinated into this. And why they were settled into indoctrination and who indoctrinated them and what the influence were in their life and at home that got them there. We have to interrogate that and understand that in order to combat it instead of just saying some white men are fucked. That's a waste of everybody's time. Not even some, like most white men. I mean, are I, I, so, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I, I don't necessarily also think that this film is going to perhaps deal with that properly. That may be true, but I think people are afraid to make art about that. Uh, perhaps. I mean, I, I yeah. I, I mean, it just it, it, it seems like uh, Todd Phillips might not be the right messenger for that. Uh, I think that his films we'll up well, until this I, we'll point see. have certainly not helped matters. God, this I, could I mean, be so embarrassing for me if this is like if 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 this is just I, no, like I, a, I don't think it's going to be embarrassing for you. I think it's I just don't think it's going to be entirely validating to you either. I think it's going to fall somewhere in between the the two of us, uh, where I think that it's just I, I don't I don't think it's going to be as interesting or as thoughtful as you think it is, and I, it probably isn't as bad as I think it's going to be. But the guy that gave us old school probably shouldn't be the guy that tells us. Uh, you know, that decides to deconstruct the idea of, uh, of white cisgender males, um, in, in 2019. Probably not the right guy. Probably not the guy that we should be, uh, you know, who knows? Hoping that. I mean, I'm very serious about who knows. Okay. Like, I, I, who knows? You never fucking know. Um, I, I think the movie's probably going to be fine. I think it's going to be more interesting than people give it credit for. I'm sure Joaquin is going to get lauded for his performance, I'm sure. Um, and, you know, we'll see. I'm curious to see what, what critics have to say about it at Venice. I think it's being given a push and, and a, a platform and a launch by Warner Brothers that is legitimate, to say the least. This is not a movie that they're dumping. Um, no, no, no. They, they want this film. They're, they're, they, they think that they have something special here. Or at least that's the impression that I'm getting. So, I mean, it's anything's possible. It's also possible, too, that this movie is, you know, uh, a, a weirdo thing that just kind of exists, makes a lot of money probably because it's a Batman adjacent movie. And, Who knows? you know, and that's they better get it. this right. <laughs> no, for real. They better get this right. Well, now you're putting a lot of weight. I am. Into it. I'm putting I, a lot of weight I, on I, it because you're right. It is going to make a lot of money. And a lot of people, a lot of impressionable people, impressionable people are going to see true. it. So you can't even make a movie about how, how susceptible uh-huh. to uh, indoctrination young white people are. If you're not going to. You can't do that. I agree. So 
I hope they get it right. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's 1999. Podcast like it. You want the podcast like it. 1999. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.